What's your favorite Bible story? Where Jesus made the water into wine. Yes, that was a miracle, wasn't it? Yes. And what does the story about Jesus making the water into wine teach us? When you run out of wine, get on your knees and pray. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Joanne, a.k.a. Kelly. Because how have I not been Kelly this whole podcast? <laughs> you sure haven't. Ooh. Yeah. And I and stand Kelly. Kelly everything. On a molecular <laughs> level, I stand Kelly. She's everything. <laughs> well, Joanne, other than standing Kelly, <laughs> what have you been doing this week and what are you drinking? Um, I have been ingesting a lot of Zyrtec because I went to yes. Mississippi for a week. <laughs> yes. And I'm allergic to pine trees and every other tree mm. in Mississippi is a pine tree. <laughs> so, uh, it was bad when I first got there. I took like two a day, but of course it makes you exhausted. But after a while, I could just take it at night. So it was fun. I went home. I ate food. I was like, y'all are not going to make me fat. So after a while, I bought some vegetables. <laughs> I was like, we're going to eat some salad. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun spending time with family. And then at first I was like, oh yeah, the kids can come stay with me after. And then I was like, I can't be around people anymore. So <laughs> luckily their dad missed them and they're staying with their dad. But I was like, they can stay with me my birthday week. But I just need to not be around people. And I'm having a blast. Um this morning, I took Roxy for a three-mile walk, and she's still laying around. I'm like, you so lazy. Like, get up. <laughs> Listen, Roxy said... I was like, did said, you die? <laughs> Roxy said, first of all, she has travel fatigue. That's number one. Number two, don't come putting your new lifestyle on her. She used to lounge through the day while you were at work. She's glad you went home, but, you know, don't put your new lifestyle on her. I just, I was doing this Nike run challenge, just 31 miles for me, and I've been procrastinating. So now, I think I just have to do three more three-mile days, and we'll be done for the month. You know what? I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, because I used to do those. Um, I used to have the little Nike sensor that goes in the shoe. I don't knew, I don't use that anymore. Um, I'll just use my phone from now on, but I haven't mm-hmm. done a run challenge in a while, and I probably should. I know I, I should. Oh yeah, we could do it for June. Um, yeah, no, I, I, think I only a, ch- I only challenge myself. I don't go against people I know in real life. <laughs> good day. Um, I think it is in my Nike shoe, but really I just been walking in Converse, so <laughs> I just use the app. Um, <laughs> otherwise, what else have I been doing with my life? Um, I watched Princess Diaries one and two today because I could, and it was on Disney Plus, and it made me happy. Mm. Uh, oh. My niece and I finally watched um, Parasite. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, it was chill for like the first hour and a half. And then the last 30 minutes, everything took a hard left. Was it was like, very oh. intense at the end. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was good. But yeah, I, I just that really hard left. <laughs> it then, was described as a dark comedy yeah. so I was waiting for the dark mm-hmm. yeah um, 
And then, lastly, I watched a Nigerian movie off of YouTube with my family. We don't even know the name of the YouTube movie because, like, the title was, like, just dropped in 24 hours. You should watch this. It was weird. That whole channel, they just had the weirdest, like, most clickbaity titles. But, so this is, like, about a two-hour movie. And the last minute, 15 minutes of the movie, they're just, like, recapping scenes that we've already seen. And then they end the movie just vague as fuck. And we're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> my mom's like, my mom's like, there's a part two. I'm like, there's no part two. They just left us hanging. I'm like, they could have saved those 15 minutes of recaps and just ended it like in a finite form. But no. <laughs> they probably set it up for there to be a part two. That's why they left y'all hanging. Ain't no like, part we gonna, two. We're going to get to be a part two. They left y'all hanging because they're gonna, because <laughs> they feel like, you know what? We got y'all to sit through these two hours. We finna do a whole nother one, but mm-hmm. they gotta make sure you come back. See, they gotta, they gotta no. leave you wanting more. Let me tell you the storyline. So, this girl, she was like Eva royalty or whatever, and she's dating like the richest guy in town. And so, her family like loved him because he was so rich. And he treated her like shit, but she wouldn't tell her family. So, her family thinks she's just acting up. Anyways, so she falls in love with her driver, and her dad's like, absolutely not. You're not going to fall in love with the help. And so at the end of the movie, she's like, Dad, I really love him. And he's like, okay, bring him by tomorrow. And then uh, her brother goes to visit her ex-fiance. He's like, get out of my house. I hate y'all. Y'all are worse than bastards. And that's the end of the movie. So. I'm like, at the end of the day, you know that they're going to be together, but they don't actually show us them being together, and they can't make a full movie of them being together. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> it's <the> okay. Best. <laughs> so, what are you drinking? It looks. I call this a pineapple jalapeno vodka because it's. Um, technically margarita mix but i decided i like it better with vodka so <laughs> i almost always use vodka with my margarita mixes so i <laughs> you had me until the jalapeno part one of these days it's not I'm that gonna spicy, try, i'm gonna try one of your spicy drink recipes one of these days yeah i had to um oh i got my plants back my friend was babysitting them and i have so much basil and i'm like i gotta oh. figure out what to do with all this basil. So I'm probably going to make pesto, basil simple syrup, some other stuff. I just need to use it so I can um, prune it a little bit. (laughs) Yum. Yum. That sounds good. That drink sounds good, too. Um, Well, I really haven't been doing that much but working, staying at home. Um, And that's it. (laughs) Oh, lastly. I did get a pan trout sandwich from Petty's. <laughs> Good, because I know you were disappointed. <laughs> um, so yeah, just I did grill yesterday, mm. and um, I grilled so much meat I feel embarrassed. Like I'm, <laughs> it's just too much meat. <laughs> <laughs> But I probably won't be cooking at all this week, just kind of eating from what I grilled. Mm-hmm. And that was fun, long and hot. It was hot. Like, at one point, I, I stood up to do something, 
and the wind blew my dress up and I didn't even pull it down because that breeze <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight I finally, finally joined the Midsummer Solstice group and yes. I am having <laughs> I am having what I call a midsummer spritzer. <laughs> And it is um, the Midsummer Solstice Gin by Hendrix with a little of the um, Martinelli's Sparkling Cider. And it is so good. (laughs) It just tastes like a breeze outside. It is so good. (laughs) And Chris was like, the first time she had it, she's like, thank you, Jesus. I mean, it came out of my mouth. I didn't even, it's like I didn't even say it. The words just leapt out of my mouth. It was so, and I mean, Doyen has told us time and time again how good it is. And I'm like, okay, it's good. I get it. Y'all, if you haven't tried it, you've got to try it. It is so good. Hallelujah. It is so good. (laughs) I mean, like I had to practice a lot of restraint to even make sure I still had some for (laughs) tonight's show. I told Dwayne at one point, I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. But it's really good. I'm going to try the other one next. I forgot yeah. what it was called, but. Um, hold on, it's still in my closet. Orbium. <laughs> Orbium, yeah. So <laughs> I'll try that one next. <laughs> um. Anywho, before we get into our uh, insecure recap, which is the whole reason why we're here. Right. I do want to just remind everyone that uh, we're coming up on the season finale of Killing Eve. And all I want to say is Villanelle's outfits. The girl is a fashion house all on herself. Like her (laughs) outfits, her fashions. Oh, I just can't even find the words because she and she does it so effortlessly. And Mm. I feel like she's that way in real life as well. You know, she doesn't do social media, so you can't really, like, watch her online. But I feel mm-hmm. like she's that way in real life as well. But it is so good. So, so good. Um, <laughs> I don't know why y'all trying to give Constantine a heart attack. I don't know. I don't know why y'all insist on... Everybody insists on scaring him in the dark. But, anywho, really enjoying this season. And uh, this upcoming episode will be the season finale. Yeah. Still uh, mourning that guy's death, and so I haven't watched it since. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when people kill off people I like. (laughs) Don't watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) And I don't for that very specific reason. Anyways, so we're going to move along to our insecure talk. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) I know, I actually Uh, didn't mean to, and it happened. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so first of all, this episode was called Low Key Tripping. At first, I was like, I don't know if Issa knows what low key means because Molly was high key tripping, but um, I really feel like it should be called Low Key Annoying because I was just annoyed by Molly the entire <laughs> the, the fact that Molly had a whole episode to herself annoyed me, and then she was annoying in the annoying episode. So, <laughs> but I will say. On the bright side, shout out to Jay Ellis for directing this episode. Yes. Like his fine, talented ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, 
Because, you know, they showed, like, right after it ended. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a better episode because I know JLS did it. <laughs> Which is See. the halo effect. Um, I will say that 30 minutes was a very long time to be mostly talking about Molly. This felt like the longest episode of the season. What did you think? I enjoyed the episode. <laughs> um, because the strength of the strength of those characters is that yes the episode was Molly centric and Issa was not in the episode, but she was there. She was mm-hmm. there the whole time. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, you only hear a voice for a snippet and you don't see her on screen at all. So it didn't feel like and I liked watching Molly process um I kept I, I like the way Andrew deals with her. So I liked mm-hmm. watching that. I enjoyed the episode. Also, they were like in a beautiful location. So of course that made me feel like, damn, we stuck in the house, can't go nowhere, but also it looks beautiful to look at. Yeah. Um that's sweet of you. I like F D B when it comes to Molly. But um so we're gonna backtrack to the beginning of the episode. So the Ethiopian wears Saran. It turns out Molly did see Issa. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, Molly was upset that Issa didn't come in. What do you think that, like, Molly was expecting Issa to do? I, you know what? I really, <laughs> I don't know what she expected Issa to, what she expected Issa to come in and talk to her. That's what she expected. Yeah. But it just goes to show that that is how their dynamic is, that, Issa's always the one extending the olive branch first. Issa's mm-hmm. all because Molly expected that to happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, like Issa said, she's always the one reaching out. And I yeah. think that that was further proof of that, that Molly expected her to. Yeah. And yeah. So I was like, I, I don't think she's hurt by it. I think she's just bad. Because I think she's hurt, but I think her hurt is anger. And a lot of people demonstrate, you know, anger that way. But you're right, because I expected her, I expected Molly to be disappointed, Mm -hmm. not flip it and show anger. And the anger part really just shows an immaturity level, just shows that she doesn't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to call anybody immature for how they process their own feelings. Yeah. But I'm just saying. But yeah, I think... A lot of people do start with anger, and maturity is where you, like, you can start with anger, I don't care, but you go back and you're like, okay, what's behind that anger, and dig deeper. Um, It's crazy to me, again, like, I have been completely fuck Molly all of a sudden, but it's crazy to me that Molly doesn't see her part in any of this, like, she really feels like it's all of Issa. Have you ever been in a tiff with someone? Do, do 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 they ever see their part? Or maybe mm. you're fortunate enough to have all of your friends, or you know, y'all are on the same like level, like maturity um. wise, or even emotional intelligence. Because I've definitely, I mean, I've said it more than once. I've got my own personal Molly, and not even her, but just dealing with other people, like never seeing their part. Whereas you know, we've talked about it on the show. I like to start with what did I bring to this? Even if I mm-hmm. feel like I was completely wronged, I like to start with what did I bring because I can't control anybody but me. 
but I wasn't shocked that she couldn't see her part. It was just like you said, uh, annoying. Like you just want to pop her. Yeah. I think my pattern now, especially as an older person, is that like I'm not having these kind of tips with people. If if we continuously bump heads like this, you don't need to be my friend. It doesn't mean we we have a friend breakup. It just means I may separate myself and not talk to you as much. So like right. I'm not trying to have strife in my relationships as an adult. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. That's Especially exactly like right. if something happens and you do hurt my feelings and I can't talk to you about it, that means you're not I want life affirming relationships. I want people I could do life with. And so if I can't yeah. talk to you through my life, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And I mean that's what I ended up doing with my Molly. It's like I still love you. I want for you. I care for you, but I move mm-hmm. I move completely differently with you now. Right. Because I don't, I don't talk need to you every day. In my life. Right. Uh, I mean, well, I don't have a choice in that. But <laughs> <laughs> But I don't deal with you in the same, and I definitely don't tell you my personal business. I don't tell you what's going on with me and things like that, you know. Gotcha. Because you, you just have to, you have to, and sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you have to cut those people off completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, next up. This drink the... is so good. Because <laughs> I know you love that Martinelli's apple juice, too, so mm-hmm. I'm like, you're in your happy mm-hmm. place. <laughs> if you can see it because of the green screen bit, but it's yeah. like the the sparkling it is so good yeah <laughs> all right so next up uh racism on vacation um oh lord oh child right <laughs> that woman sincerely tried it trying to get her card <sighs> or whatever <gasps> and then the brother completely swept it over and that's my next point but um yeah so what do you think about that I mean, when she, when, when the lady was like, ma'am, I don't know what you're accusing me of. Like my blood pressure went (laughs) all the way up. Like it went all the way up because you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, all, well, those of us who've been to resorts, they absolutely ask to see your key card. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, that is something that they're pretty firm about. But if I watch you just let these white people get a towel without showing theirs. Right. Don't don't do me. Like don't right. don't play me for crazy. Acting like they gonna take that towel off your paycheck. <laughs> girl. Like don't nobody give a fuck about this towel. I was so and then it's but then I think the reason why it made my blood pressure go up so much is because when you react with the feeling that you are justified in having, then mm-hmm. you're painted as you you're wrong you're the angry mm-hmm. black woman you're all the and it's like yeah i mean my pressure went up and then the yeah. way the brother reacted was just i i was glad he stepped in mm-hmm. because the situation did need to be diffused just because i didn't want molly to i didn't want her to experience anything else you Mexican know what i mean in jail <laughs> okay <laughs> So I was glad he did, but I think, I can't remember who tweeted this. I can't remember whether it was Issa or Kelly, but one of them tweeted, people who play devil devil's advocate, we don't like y'all. And right. that's what I'm like, sir, yeah. just, just why are you, why? Yeah. Why? So my next point was that Andrew's brother was acting like a POC. There's a reason I think in the black community that we are kind of, we stray from the term PLC because there's a lot of people 
who, when they struggle, they want us all to identify with their struggle, but they still distance themselves from Black struggle. <laughs> and so yeah. that's why I say, like, he's acting like a POC. Um, and I say, why well, was Molly right to pop off? But this was immediately after her anger with that other person. But uh, should Andrew have taken more of a stand for his girl? Are we really going to be hurt that they decided to do their own thing the next day? I will say, um, Andrew does do a lot for Molly, but, I mean, he didn't really take much of a stand. He was trying to be the pacifist or the diplomat. But at the same time, Molly was, like, level 10 mad, and Andrew did try to take some side. But to Molly, it wasn't enough for her. Um, I think that's the thing that is a struggle when you're dating interracially. And that's kind of why yeah. I do prefer to date a black man. Because I'm like, in theory, even they don't get it all the time. But at least <laughs> they'll get a little bit of, like, the problems yeah. of being black <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. You know? And then um, I wouldn't have been hurt if they wanted to do their own thing. Because they were kind of annoying anyways. And <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. I, I would not have been hurt. I'd be like, okay, fine. Because it's weird to do a vacation with your brother and his sister anyways. Like, what? I mean, his wife anyways. <laughs> well, see, I well, first of all, I felt like Andrew did take up for Molly. Mm-hmm. Because he, even when his brother was in the pool while and out, he was like, dude, like, no. But what happened was Molly was right in her anger. But mm-hmm. also because she's so upset over Issa. She's so... Clearly, she was tired. Like, all of these things added up. It mm. made her lash out in a way that she probably wouldn't have. To Andrew. Um, and, yeah, and Andrew caught some of that. And I think yeah. he get, took offense to it, which made him kind of be like, wait a minute, don't put right. me in that. And I yeah. don't think he was wrong for voicing that. But even after Molly walked off, he told his brother, like, you dumb as fuck. Why did you say that? Right. And then the next day, I'm with you. Like, I'm 100% glad that he said, look, we're just going to do our own thing today. Um, but, um, I, th- I think people like, I don't know. Cause I can't, I can't find the right words to articulate exactly what I'm trying to say, but, um, I'm just glad that he did take some time off the next day to let them do their own thing and give Molly some space and just mm-hmm. show her that, you know, he does support her cause he doesn't act like that. Yeah. He's a real good sounding board for Molly. Cause you can he's tell really that he wants guy to. For her. He is. You can tell that he wants to tell her. Maybe you need to look at yourself with this Molly and Issa thing. Right. But he's but he's practicing patience, which she needs. Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess he's finding the right way or letting her come to it in the right way. He's really good for her. Yeah, he is. I hope she doesn't run him off. Anyways, um. So next up, Nathan. Or he doesn't run her off. No, I said what I said. Um, <laughs> she just rolled her eyes at me so hard. I, I, Molly is I pissing me the fuck off. Because I really did, like, ride for her for all the other seasons. And then this season, I'm just like, I My don't... problem is I look at characters like real people. Yeah. And so I, I give characters what I want to give real people because I give them what I want people to give me. That's the issue. I don't know. <laughs> I, I also look at real people like this and I'm like, fuck you. anyways um so next up nathan so nathan called andrew and like facetime him because he was looking for something random anyways um and so when they got off the phone 
Issa was, I mean, Molly was like, I can't believe Issa's taking him back after he ghosted her. And I didn't realize Issa never mentioned why he ghosted her. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. <laughs> yeah, but um, Andy was like, hey, he was going through some stuff, which I thought was very, um, just like caring of his friend to be like, you yeah. know, he had a reason. Like, he, Nathan's probably not going to divulge his deepest, darkest thoughts with Molly, but he was like, he had a reason and they moved right. on past that. And I thought right. that was dope. I did too. And you know what? Molly is a good, um, she's a good example of something that I have observed is that people who, people who require the most patience from Mm -hmm. others often have the least amount of patience to give themselves. Yeah. She requires, Molly is somebody who requires a lot of understanding in order Mm -hmm. for you to like her, to empathize with her. Like, mm-hmm. you have to give a lot of understanding to do that. But she won't give that same understanding to the next person. And I've just noticed that in a lot of people, like, in real life. Yeah. And she's a perfect example of that. Because her tune changed. Like, she was like, well, he showed her who she was. And, you know, and then when Andrew was like, no, he was dealing with something. You know, her tune changed. It's like, yeah. you never know. So you have yeah. to act like it. People always want to adapt that adage when it comes to themselves, but you got to give it to others too. You never know. I kind of wish they would have explored black male mental health a little bit more than that like little piece in the storyline. But I understand it's a 30 minute show. We don't have time for all that. <laughs> and also, you know, it's not the male story, so I get it. I know. But I agree. But it's such when a platform. Happened, when it happened last year i felt or whatever year it happened year before last whatever i felt the same way mm-hmm. like oh uh, i wish they had a delved into that a little bit more but then i was like you know what this story is about women it's not about <laughs> and it's about Issa, and it's her story so yeah yeah but it's such thing. a huge platform and it does capture the eyes of black men and women alike so it would have been great but you know we gotta stop putting all of our expectations on one show it's hard Uh, because it's so good yeah yeah. (laughs) similarly um it was a show i think it was a thousand reasons or something like that i forgot it was about this guy that committed suicide and it did talk about male mental health a lot across all of the friends and things like that so that is a really dope way of showing you know male feelings and their mental health but lastly so at the airport lawrence First of all, Lawrence was like, I went to Frisco. I was like, you went to Frisco, Texas? No, he went to San Francisco. Why would he call that Frisco? I don't know. <laughs> so I, one of my followers um, on Twitter is from the Bay Area. And someone asked that question, and she explained that they do often call it. They either call it SBF, I mean, SFB, or they'll call it Frisco. Because I yeah. was, I mean, I assumed... I assume San Francisco, yeah. but also I had never heard it called that before either. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of people in Issa's comments like, oh, we thought he had family in Texas. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah. so Lawrence calls somebody. He's like, hey, I miss you. I want to see you. I feel like because I'm tired of Issa getting my hopes up, I feel like he was calling a charcuterie to see if he could like. 
Condola. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't want to like. Like, do you really want to know, or you just like? Right, let's just guess. I don't want to know. If I mean, know. I know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you don't watch the on the next episode. Uh, I don't think I did. Okay. Fine, say it because I need to know. I mean, it's Issa. Oh, see, I'm tired of like getting my hopes up, and then they of like course, dash you know, it. But you know what? You know how shows go. That call could have been somebody else, but then right. he ends up at the breath. But he does meet up with Issa in the next episode. So Aww. on the on the what happens next. <sighs> okay. I that I'm ready, good. but now I want to know what he went to Frisco for. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I hope he got friendship. a new job because I'm I'm getting worried about his job. See, don't come back yeah. to Issa if you're not gonna be the new and improved Lawrence. We don't want the old Lawrence. We want the good Lawrence. He just keeps getting finer every time I see him. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think I realized how tall he was, and I was like, oh, he tall. <laughs> Child. Mm. Anyway, mm. so that's all we have for insecure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna move along to our current events. Um. I'm actually not surprised by this because the porn industry has health, the health game on lock <laughs> yep. since forever. But um, basically, the porn industry is currently helping out Hollywood execs um, on ways to keep people safe when they come back to record for coronavirus. I mean, after yeah. this whole coronavirus thing. And I was like, yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> what I really enjoyed about this little article mm-hmm. is that the woman who came up with the system, she's a doctor, but she used to be a porn star. Like, I really like that. Yeah. Someone who knew what was going on in the industry. And this is a system that they developed in the 90s because mm-hmm. someone lied about their HIV status and got several people infected. So they have this whole system and database and everything. And I think it's great. I think it's great that they're going to. They said that they could help Hollywood. They could help um, sports. Oh, one thing that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) The article mentioned like other places that have, you know, you know, countries that actually dealt with this crisis in the beginning Mm -hmm. and are now, you know, feeling some relief that they'll be ready to record, um, start filming. (laughs) They didn't know if U.S. um, Agencies are going to start sending their people abroad, though, with it <laughs> still being a worldwide pandemic. I thought to myself, the people don't want our dumbasses over there. They right. finally got there. <laughs> like, they finally are getting their countries back to whatever the new normal is going to be. They're finally seeing some relief. That Y'all asses was out here this weekend pop-locking and dropping for everybody. As if this shit is still not running rampant. As if the numbers aren't going up every day. In Mississippi, because that's where I pay attention to, because that's where I live. The numbers, the cases, and the deaths are going up every day. Like, I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but mm-hmm. y'all know I go to a small little black country church. I've lost three church members. That is mm-hmm. a lot. 
Yeah. For our community. Mm-hmm. And y'all out here acting like <laughs> those people don't want us in their country. I just thought it was so funny if they were like, but I don't know. U.S. companies may not feel safe sending. Okay, don't feel safe. Right. They don't want us over there. <laughs> this woman I saw on social media, she was doing like one of those jumping pictures. It's like, we took care of coronavirus and my kids are going to go to school in the fall. And somebody is like, this is a flex. <laughs> I saw but that guess too. What? New Zealand has a woman leader. <laughs> exactly. I saw that too. And I thought, mm. Because they buckled down and did what they had to do from the very beginning. Listen, I get that it's hard. I love being at home. And it's hard for me even. I am missing people. One of my coworkers texted me today and like my heart fluttered. Because I ain't seen her in a while. And I miss her. (laughs) But still, people are acting like we've been inside for a year. And it's like, calm the fuck down and do what's got to be done so we can move on. So... Yeah. Anywho, that was a small tangent, but like I said, that was just funny to me that they thought U.S. was going to be picky. No, them people don't want us over there. Right. I was like, even if we could have gone to Iceland, I don't think Iceland wants us there because they got their shit on lock. (laughs) Um, They're one of the countries that's like doing Mm -hmm. super good. Yeah. So lastly, I was listening to Wanda Sykes' little uh, comedy and she's talking about you can't be like a feminist and watch Bachelor. She made a joke like something about like chlamydia and I was like the Bachelor has that shit a lot. Like they uh, test people every single person they test. If you have herpes you ain't going. <laughs> I'm like so they could also be good to teach. Cause it's gonna be some hanky panky Right. <laughs> they, you have to be 100% legit or else you ain't going. So they could also be helpful. In like learning <laughs> how to test others, flavor of love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so next up, um, Jason Derulo. Why hey, do I um, always sing his name like that when yeah. I read it? I also. <laughs> yeah, I see it. I like. Okay, I don't even read his name. I'm just like Jason Derulo. I do it Anyways. every time too. <laughs> so his dumbass. Um, Selection of the finest. He was trying to eat corn on a drill and lost his damn teeth. But then he has muddy, so he got good teeth. <laughs> I, thought, I, I honestly thought that this was a prank. But TMZ writes as if it was real. Like, he, he, he did another stunt where supposedly he lost his tooth, and that was a prank. But mm-hmm. I thought this was a prank, too, but TMZ writes like it wasn't. But let me just say... That really the reason why I added this article is to say Jason Derulo is winning at TikTok, okay? <laughs> he's winning. And people are like talking about him because he's such a lame and a goofball, and he yeah. is, but it works for him, and he <laughs> has made a fortune off of TikTok. Like, he is winning. He was the queen of cats. Like, I was like, Jason, <laughs> sit down. Jason, this ain't the, this movie ain't even about you. Like, go sit down, Jason. Did you see him, like, on that talk show? (laughs) He got down like a cat. And, like, he was making his back move like a cat. (laughs) Kind of like Michelle on that uh, (laughs) high-ass interview where she's like, I could be a cat. I'm like, girl, if you don't get out of my face. He cracks me up because he's a fucking mess. 
but he's he also is. beautiful. But he's a mess. He is. He is. Jason Derulo. Um. So Chad Ochocinco. Oddly enough, I used to tweet with him way back in the day, because that's back when celebs yes. talk to you on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. But um, when it was just us and the celebs. Yeah. Right. Apparently, he left of a thousand dollar tip. Meanwhile, oh. his check was only thirty seven dollars. <laughs> And he left a thousand dollar tip because he was like, "I'm so happy that y'all are back. Love y'all." <laughs> and I do follow him on the socials, and he does mm-hmm. this quite often. Yeah. Um, I really just, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's a lot of things, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a hoe, but I would also I mean to hoe with him. <laughs> I, mean, I I have. Mm-hmm. I've been with other hoes. Yeah. Why stop now? Why the fuck not? We appreciate you, Chad, for your work. We do. <laughs> so, um, Domino's pizza guy exploded in anger. <laughs> because people ain't really been, like, fucking off on tipping, folks. Yeah, but this was a little... Go ahead and tell the story. So, he let his frustration get the best of him over his ear tip order. Um, a couple teenagers. Um, and, yeah, so he said that he was like, thanks for the tip. And the guy shrugs him off, but this appears to set him off. And he calls a teenage son a douchebag and tells him, fuck you, bro. And I'm just like, it's a hard time for them because everybody's <laughs> it is but these are ki- first of all these were kids who you know call their dad hey can we order pizza dad gave them the credit card number and they did it and, and the they added the tip in the credit card thing so i'm gonna did you did you read the story <laughs> i did okay so with the little when the girl this was her first time she didn't even recognize what she had done mm. as far as not leaving a tip she thought that the delivery charge was the tip. She didn't know. It was a yeah. total misunderstanding. Yeah. And I have said on here plenty of times before, tip these people and do not, you know. But at the same time, he was definitely wrong for lashing out at them. They were, number one, they were kids. But even if they weren't kids, that is still wrong. And if I'm not mistaken, which I'm surprised TMZ didn't do an update, but I saw something where they either fired him which i hate that they fired him but mm. he got some sort of reprimand because you don't go off on people like that for not tipping you you took the job you know what the job is you know what it pays now mm. that being said we should tip and i for yeah. one over tip and i should probably work on that but i over tip yeah but mostly because there was a time in my life where i couldn't leave a good tip yeah. I mean, I've always tried to leave something, but mm-hmm. that just was not okay for him to lash out like that. And he like, I don't, but I don't get tip. I don't fucking get paid. And was, cause they're the kids. And then come to find out it was a total misunderstanding. And the dad yeah. was like, let, and they got the order wrong <laughs> to top mm-hmm. everything else off. But the dad was like, oh no, this is not how we do. You know, this was her first time. She didn't yeah. know. And we'll we'll fix it. So I'm glad the dad had that attitude. Like I'm glad the dad didn't like. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't get mad and report him. But I can't say that I wouldn't have because 
you don't do that to me or my kids. I'm sorry. I guess to me, I just think about how, like, they are under a lot of duress right now. And so yes. I, it's probably not just them. It's just a lot of people have not been tipping them or not been giving them, yes. like, $2. And so it just kind of bubbled up. I agree completely. And, of course, he didn't have the background information of knowing that the little girl didn't know how to do it, you know? It was still inappropriate. I agree completely. Even if they weren't kids, you, uh uh-uh, that was not okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess to me, I'm just like, I just saw it as him being fed up. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, same thing about Tippy. I was telling my friends. Mississippi, I was like, I always tip 20% because I feel like people feel like black people don't tip. So it's like my job as a black person to make sure that they know that black people tip. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. That ain't why I do Fuck that if you, uh, uh-uh. Yeah. You, uh-uh. I'm just, yeah. It's a complex like on my behalf. <laughs> I tip a lot. I mean, I don't do that with this scenario, but I get it what you're saying because I do that with other things. But, um. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why I overtip a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially when I'm at like work things, because that's I'm usually with people that I work with. I work with a lot of older people, mm-hmm. and they don't tip well or at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I work with a lot of older country people, <laughs> and so I. I overtip as a way of overcompensating for that person not tipping well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, moving along. So, uh, just in general, I feel like people say thank you to doctors and postal workers, but I don't think about the people who open our stores who are just going through a lot of duress as well. So, um, a member at Costco or employee at Costco. Um, took the customer's cart and kicked him out for his refusal to wear a mask. And (laughs) salute to Tyson (laughs) because the shopper was being unruly, but he kept his cool and uh, tried to shame him by recording and blasting him, and it definitely bounced back on him. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So it's just like, "Mm." Okay. Like, people are really being just complete assholes. And when we say people, y'all know who we talking about. Being complete assholes about wearing these masks. The parentheses R-E public A-N-S. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just being really, where's a damn mask? Yeah. Like, anyway, I don't want to go into it because... To be quite honest, I'm tired and I'm done. Right. I'm just done. I really, I I don't know what else to say. I know I do have some empathy for the fact, not this fool who wouldn't wear a mask, but I do mm-hmm. have empathy for the fact that people are tired mm-hmm. and they want to get out the house and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm tired of asking people to be considerate of me and my loved ones. So whatever. Yeah. Um. Next up. First of all, on this HuffPost article, they were just showing how they, like, test people for coronavirus. And it gave me a flashback to, like, my coworker had the flu. And I wasn't feeling well the next day. So my boss was like, go get tested. And they shoved that swab up my nose. (laughs) It was the worst. And then they did another swab in my throat. And the nurse was like, you're a big girl. 
stop twitching. And I was like, I have never told you I was a big girl. Don't look at my age. I'm not a big girl. <laughs> that shit hurts. That is uncomfortable. But anyways, oh it is. I'm not even good with like the uh, the stick to the, the tongue depressor. I'm not yeah. good with that. I suck at that. Anyway, oh. so this pastor who claimed to cure coronavirus with faith dies of the coronavirus. Um, as a Nigerian, I'm so sick of Africans thinking that they could fix things with faith. I mean, faith is great. <laughs> Preach, Goyan. Yeah, my aunt was like, at some point, she wanted to take me to, especially with my diabetes, they all were like, oh, we can pray it away. I'm like, girl, I'm still diabetic. I, this is 21 years of diabetes. <laughs> this is Please science. Leave me alone. Yeah. So, like, my aunt wanted to take me to her church so they could pray over me. And luckily, I got sick and I couldn't go with her. And I'm so glad I did because I don't know what would have happened to me if I went to that church. <laughs> Listen, my dad's mom passed away. This was years ago. She passed away from lung cancer. My aunt tried to pray away the lung cancer. Mm-hmm. No, I am. I kid you not. And mm-hmm. like, I, my cousins and I, like, we were just like so flabbergasted that we were tickled. Mm-hmm. But like, my aunts. My, my grandmother's children, like, they got pissed because they were like, the fuck? What are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, she tried to pray. She brought oil and everything. Right. <laughs> she was going to pray that cancel. Like, this, I'm all about, first of all, exactly, exactly. Right. I'm all about praying for it. Exactly. I will definitely pray for healing. I'm going to still take this insulin while I'm not making any insulin. <laughs> because Jesus Faith gave works you that dead. insulin. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Jesus gave you that insulin. Medical common sense is dead. <laughs> That's right. All these churches trying to open back up because they want folks' money. And I'm like, close that church back up because it is not. I just think about the verse where God was like, you know, when we were sick, he didn't come and check on me and things like that. It was like, at the end of the day, like, Jesus cares more about us taking care of our people mm-hmm. in tangible mm-hmm. ways than just mm-hmm. having a church open just be open. My uh, my granny kind of mentioned that she kind she she was starting to make plans for when church opens back up and she wants all of us there on certain Sundays or whatever, and you know I let her I let her get what she had to say off her chest and when she got finished I said, you do know that you are not going back to a church for a very long time. <laughs> I she was like I know I know <laughs> like, okay right. long as you know. <laughs> Even when they open the doors back, we gonna let we gonna let them have a test run for for right. a few weeks. <laughs> Same thing with work. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. Let me know. Let me know how. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, uh, I'm away for the uh for the S. Like we used to wait for the iPhone S. They were like, outside open back up. I'm away for the S. <laughs> Somebody said we gonna wait for Danielle Jones to figure out where he wanted to be before oh my he God. Ain't never going out there. <laughs> But then I'm like, at some point, I'm like, to some extent, I'm like, oh, I'm not going out. But then I have an eyelash appointment. <laughs> but, like, I have a mask on. They always have a mask on. I mean, you you, you have to do what makes you happy, what makes you mm-hmm. comfortable. You just can't yeah. come visit me. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't come visit you anyway. So. That anyway. is why. <laughs> Good day. Um... 
And lastly, our Florida man story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a Florida man attacked somebody who didn't thank him for opening the door to the liquor store. <laughs> I mean, to some extent, I get it, because I'd be like, fuck you too, oh, bitch. No. Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I felt the same thing. I was like, well, I mean. But the person did say thank you. But they may have said it with attitude. Yeah, they probably, you know they probably did. <laughs> but it's also, it was like Publix. And I'm like, how y'all gonna be ghetto in our good Publix? <laughs> do not do that in Publix. Oh my God. I cannot I mean, wait. I have, I'm going to go visit my sister later. I'm like, please drop me off in Publix so I can get a sandwich. <laughs> oh, girl, I like any, we don't have a Publix where I live, but anytime I go somewhere that has a Publix, I'm just like, this feels right. This feels like nice upper middle class America. Right. <laughs> this feels good. Give me a deli meal. I wish we had one. Can't wait. I think, <laughs> right? I'm like, come on, come on, West Texas <laughs> here with open arms. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also partially people just lose their mind. <laughs> right, right. We at home. And, yeah. And being without, <laughs> like, I mean, because we're all doing things to keep yeah. in contact with each other, mm-hmm. but. Not having actual physical contact with people yeah. will drive you crazy. Once like, it gets safe, to you after a while. I need so many hugs. Like, so Girl. Many hugs. <laughs> like, my mom. So, y'all, don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. But my mom came by my house the other day, which <laughs> my granny was like, I'm surprised you let her come to the house. I was like, Where? well, I was <laughs> You didn't have to agree with her, Dorian. I said, <laughs> I said, well, she kind of insisted. And I mean, she is my mama. So, but I wasn't thrilled about it. But she tried to hug me. And I was like, mama, no, we cannot. Yeah. And she was like, I haven't hugged you in so long. I said, I know. And like, I just started crying because it's been so long since I've hugged my mom and since I hugged my granny. And I want mm-hmm. to, but, and I, I actually kind of got upset with my mom in that moment because I'm like, don't do that to me because Mm. I am the one that's taking care of our elderly family members. You are not. Don't do that to me. Like Mm. I was like mad, but I'm going to get all, I'm probably going to hug my neighbors and I don't even like them. Like I'm going to get all the hugs I can get when this is over. (laughs) But it was hilarious what the sheriff said. He said, come on, man, what are you thinking? We're your three (laughs) brain cells in overload. Why don't you just let it go? Get you a bottle of liquor. Go back to the house, have you a drink. But no, they had to have a kerfuffle right there in the middle of the <laughs> I love store. A <laughs> I was like, it's funny because I at work, I'll be talking about something that like me and my coworker come up with. And I'm like, yeah, we rubbed our four brain cells together. <laughs> so like, yes. I give us two each, and he said three, so that's a lot. <laughs> he said, you gonna have some manners today. Right. He said, do not. We are not about to kerfuffle in this place of God. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, Jesus. Speaking of three brain cells, um, you know, what is going on with 
these white women. That's not I, three. I That's laugh. like one. Okay. Well, it's one each, or, okay. or it's probably yeah. whatever. I laugh, but it ain't funny because I don't even remember the woman's name, but let's just call her Karen. Mm-hmm. That. Do you want to tell the story? Because I don't have it fresh on my mind. Yeah. So there was a bird watcher, which I'm like, where do you get blackmail bird watchers from? Or whatever. Listen, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yes, King, step up and let them know we do shit too, King. Right. Yes. So this white woman, and it's everywhere, like even where I live, they're yeah. like, please leash your dogs. And the yeah. dog wasn't fucking leashed. Even where I live in dog yeah. parks. Yeah. And he asked her to leash her dog and so she uh, she created a kerfuffle there <laughs> where she was like and of course praise god for camera phones so he was recording her and she was like yeah i'm gonna call the police and tell her tell them that you were trying to attack me and so she was actually holding on to her dog's leash so he would bark yeah. and be like crazy and it was like i feel attacked and of course, because of social media and video, we know that she was just being fucking dramatic. And so now she's on administrative leave and she's like, I'm not racist. And I'm like, Bitch, Even? racism right. is not right. uh, playing hoods and burning shit exactly. anymore. It is exactly. using your whiteness as exactly. a, a tool of revenge. That is exactly. racism. Like <laughs> She told him, I'm going to call the police and tell them that an African-American male is threatening me. Right. And then even toward the end, I don't know if you noticed, but she like was faking tears right. and was like, I'm being, oh, I'm being pushed into the, into the bush. I'm being pushed into the bramble. Right. And I, it, the video actually made me so upset. It was so horrifying. And then it was like, I don't know. I don't know. It was just kind of weird that something that really didn't this because I don't watch those videos that show like mm-hmm. police brutality, violence like that. I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of weird that even this gave me a similar reaction yeah. because we know where it could have gone. Right. And because that is that what she did was violent. Right. What she did was violent. Especially and, as people from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Emmett Till, like mm-hmm. a white woman's lies. A white woman's lies. Yep, led to the brutal, brutal murder of a black child. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like stuff like that is so triggering because literally you're lying. And luckily, he record. He had the forethought to record it. Yeah, so not. And then, uh, black Twitter started pointing out that the company that she works for mm-hmm. is led by a known racist. Mm-hmm. And so people were kind of worried that nothing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to um, our non-black listeners. This is what it means to be an ally. Mm-hmm. I started seeing a lot of white people in the comments mm-hmm. showing where they called and left messages and said they will be removing their accounts. If this is not addressed, but one, one girl on Twitter and I can't help, but think she's right. She was like, I'm glad, you know, that these repercussions are happening, but let's be clear. It's because she was choking the shit out of that dog. 
<laughs> and I was like, girl, you about right. right. You're right. She had to give up that doubt. Um, she did, and she did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is very important that, like, a lot of, I think a lot of times the white people feel like they can't do anything, mm-hmm. but their voices matter. And I think there's a lot right. of times where people do disparage allies and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to educate you and stuff like that. And that's why, like, I kind of, I feel like we should be kinder to our allies because they are. We at the end of the day, we need their their voices because unfortunately, in this country, it matters more than ours. So I'm like, let's stop being assholes to our allies and <laughs> uh, empower them to help us. Um, um. Yeah, I think that that has a lot of nuance to it, but yeah. I agree when someone is genuinely asking or genuinely trying, but. Again, it's not the job of the oppressed to teach you, like, just take direction. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But I, 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 I agree with you with a lot of nuance to that. Yeah. That there are times when we can maybe do better at that. But I was so glad to see people doing that mm-hmm. and showing that this is how we're siding, you know, with you. Because, like girl said, it's because she choked shit out that dog that right. people were. True. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, especially because I do have a dog now and she's scared uh-huh. of all the dogs. So, like, it is so important to me that, like, people. Right. <laughs> because fucking other leash people their dogs. <laughs> like, other people, other black people in the comments were saying that I am a dog owner. You know, I love my dog. We all want our dogs to get the chance to roam free. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a public space like that, Mm -hmm. they were saying, like, you have to be respectful of not just other people, but other people's dogs. If you call yourself Mm -hmm. a dog lover, you got to understand that, you know, that's not comfortable for everybody else's dog. Mm -hmm. They were saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking Roxy and somebody's dog got out. It was a weenie, but it was looking like real pit bully for a weenie and <laughs> Roxy was like running around me and I'm like I can't even grab her if I wanted to and then somebody like came and got her got the dog and I'm like that like like I said my dog's scared of other dogs she's scared yeah. of humans she's scared of everything but me yeah <laughs> and even that she's sometimes scared of me when I trip anyways <laughs> so I'm just like it's I understand that you want to do that with your dog but do it in your backyard that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so then we had addition. good sis Lena, <laughs> which I can't think of her real name right now, which I should because I should call her by her real name for this. Mm. But listen, Doya woke me up early in the morning talking about what I got to say about Lena. <laughs> and I was like, girl, because she is such a white woman and she does this thing all the time. And I, Listen, I'm not going to front. I love Lena. Listen, I love her depressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody called it. Somebody called it white teen suicide pack music. <laughs> that is not funny, but it is because she does make very dark, depressive music. And I yeah. love it. I love it. But she's always been problematic. She appropriates uh, specifically the Native American culture. Mm-hmm. Like she's always been problematic. And she just really, not only did she show her ass, but then she kept doubling down. She's released like two or three statements. 
And it's like, girl, shut up. Right. Shut up. I was just like, if anything, it's just the people who are your black fans are just like, girl, no. Right. <laughs> it's just like, it's really going to make me like. Take a stand. <laughs> exactly. Like, I closed my eyes to a lot of things with her. But it's like, girl, why? Right. And she could have made her point. First of all, she could have made her point without naming names. So mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, she basically <laughs> she basically released a statement saying like, well, since Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and she named a whole bunch of other, she named all black except for Ariana Grande or all women of color except for Ariana Grande. Well, Kaylani's black. She's black. She's mixed. She's black. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she named all these girls and was like, well, since they can do what they want to do without being criticized, I should be able to do what I want to do. First of all, bitch, what make you think they hadn't been criticized? Right. Like, <sighs> Nikki has gotten so much criticism for her raps and for what she does. Mm-hmm. It ain't funny. The whole of white white well i mean <laughs> right wing america wanted beyonce under the prison they mm-hmm. didn't even want to provide security for beyonce like girl shut up you could have made your point about what you want to do without naming names and without saying yeah. you know she just and then she brought up um fka twig and was like oh twig can get on a pole and it's art but i get on a pole first of all i don't know if you've ever seen twigs on the pole but it's fucking beautiful okay she's a professional dancer and she gets up there and it's fucking beautiful so it's like girl shut up shut up why i'm like even so left out we're so left out yeah girl bye even formation aside there's a lot of feminists that are like um because Beyonce loves her husband. And I'm like, y'all. Right. That's not what feminism is. Fe- right. First of all, midsummer. Feminism doesn't mean hating gin, dick. And I cannot <laughs> talk right now. Fe- feminism. I can't even say the word. Being a feminist <laughs> means that I get to do whatever it is I want to do. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Be it love this dick, love this man, want to be with him forever, be his slave. Or if I don't want to do any of that, being a feminist means it's my choice. Mm-hmm. It's my choice. Yeah, I just want to get paid equally. That's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> that is all. And I want to yeah. see far more dicks on on movies and TVs. Yes, please. <laughs> and not their ass. Yes, please. <laughs> a, little, a little frontal nudity on the men, right. please. <laughs> That's all I ask. That's my two feminism. <laughs> tropes that's it um oh. and lastly okay so the doja cat thing oh lord <laughs> so i heard from the youths of america that um <laughs> apparently she had been a part of like a racist chat she wasn't joining in on a chat yeah but it was also very old news and so my niece said that she's not mad at her so i'm not gonna be mad at her plus i don't really care that much about her but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to feel about that either. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm with your niece in the sense that I'm not mad. Now it's mm-hmm. not old. Like this was just last week that she was in this chat, mm-hmm. 
And that was the thing that people were trying to argue with her was, so people were trying to tear down her apology. Mm-hmm. So she got accused of being in these racist chat rooms, and mm-hmm. then she got accused of um, having this song. The song is very old, and it mm-hmm. used the didn't do nothing term, which is a term that was created to mock victims of police brutality. It's a um, dialect way of saying didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so they were tearing apart her apology, which I did not see her live. I just saw little clips mm-hmm. that were on Twitter and people kept saying, this wasn't old. You were just in there last week. She never said it was old. She never, mm-hmm. <sighs> listen, the thing of it is Doja Cat makes good ass music, but she mm-hmm. has always been problematic. And that is mm-hmm. why I have always been reluctant to dive in and say, I am a fan. Yeah. Because she's always been problematic. And I don't think it's any different now. Like <laughs> she, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't, this is the thing. I don't doubt. I honestly don't doubt any of the things that people are saying Mm -hmm. although I haven't seen the proof other than the song but I don't see the proof but I'm not doubting it the thing is though but how do you know like Doja's thing was yes I do tiny chat I've been there all the time Mm -hmm. I don't participate in any racist uh, language or any racist talk I don't uh, condone that and things like that um, things like that can happen easier mm-hmm. and go on longer than they do on normal chats or normal social media because chats aren't as heavily monitored. But when mm-hmm. they pick up that someone is being that way, they're removed. Whatever. All I know is she has some issues because if I'm not mistaken, she doesn't know her black family at all. Mm-hmm. I think she's South African. And I don't think she's ever met her father. I don't think she knows his family. So I'm sure she does have some things to deal with with that. Um, I, I'm sure she does have some issues. I'm sure she does have some, you know, uh, hangups with that. But I don't, the only thing I thought that was crazy was some of her, some of the things that I saw in the clips, like, that she was using as a defense was like, girl, stop. Right. Um, but she, <laughs> she, she hasn't lost any. What I was surprised was that her black fan base really, mm-hmm. they stood up for her in a lot of ways that I felt like, mm, I mean, it's fine to say you still like her, but some of the stuff y'all saying is, <laughs> I'm just saying. And, to be completely honest, this is what I believe. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, mm-hmm. but I truly believe because she was not brought up in a black environment. She doesn't know the black environment. I think that she may participate or may indulge in a lot of dog whistleish type activity. And mm-hmm. she doesn't recognize it for being what it is. Now I'm not taking away responsibility mm-hmm. from her for that because she's a grown ass woman. But I do think that there are a lot of nuances to this thing. And there are a lot of things that I have been taught that I was raised up 
hearing stories and hearing things that I know that she doesn't know. So I do believe that that may take place. I don't really feel any different about her. I still feel like um, she makes really good music and I would probably, you know, I would probably never be a fan because (laughs) (laughs) she is so problematic. Yeah. But I I, mean... I always... um, I would say I love my biracial listeners very much. But I do say that there's a marked difference if your mom is black or not. (laughs) Or Or if you had access to your black family. Because I know some some biracial people who their moms are white, but they spent a lot of time with their black mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And so there's a difference. And yeah. I get it. Not everybody, because I do have a friend that grew up with her white family, but she still, as an adult, identifies black and black as white. But yeah. a lot yeah. of people yeah. with white mothers think they're, yeah. you know, for some reason, like not that black, kind of like girl. And, and that, <laughs> that, that, that yours, you know, that means that she took it upon herself to educate herself, and mm-hmm. probably, yeah. you know. So it's just a, you know, listen, life is hard enough, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and with all these different little nuances and caveats, mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say is I still feel the same about Doja, which is, eh. Like, that's how I always felt about her. I still feel the same way. I'm not, I am not canceling her. But then again, mm-hmm. I was never, like, hard for her either yeah. way. So it's just like, girl, whatever. She could have, she needs to get a publicist, though, because mm-hmm. that apology needed a lot of work. <laughs> she also turned her comments off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But not before someone could post Hey, racist on there with a heart emoji. And it's all over Twitter. And every time I see it, it makes me laugh. It shouldn't, but it does. It does. But, you know, I do want to point out something that she said. So apparently she had a bullet list that she was going through addressing things that people said about her. Mm. And I guess somebody said something about her hair. Mm. Which we know Doja in those wigs. But she said before that the white side of her don't know how to do wigs. Like, she said that before. But apparently she made comments of, like, being frustrated with her real hair because she didn't know how to properly take care of it. And people were tearing her down for that. And I'm like, now, come on, y'all. Come on. Because we all know that this shit, this natural hair journey is hard as fuck. Mm -hmm. Especially for those of us. Like, I grew up with a fucking perm. Like, Mm -hmm. of course... Dealing with black hair, no matter what grade you have, is a skill. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent my whole life cultivating this skill. Like, I still look at my mama sideways sometimes because she has no idea what to do with her hair. I'm like, <laughs> how are you a black girl and you don't know how to do your right. own hair? But it happens. And so that is one area where I do think people were too hard on her because it was like, this is hard work. What are y'all talking about? And she clarified, she was like, I never said I hated my hair. She's like, I mm-hmm. have gorgeous hair, but I don't know how to take care of it. And sometimes it feels like a lot of work. I and feel like Tokyo, is. Tokyo should take her on as a client. Ooh, yes. 
I just yeah. saw him with Melt a wig for Nikki. I mean, uh, Cardi. I was like, bitch. <laughs> yes. Melt it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to take a second to listen to our sponsors. So we'll be right back. And uh, welcome back. And we're just going to mostly ride along to our someone something. So this week we're going to talk about Norma McCorvey, aka Roe from Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade is one of the landmark cases in American legal history and remains a lightning rod for the pro-abortion versus pro-life debate today. And some news about Jane Roe is a bombshell. Norma McCorvey, the famous plaintiff in the case, makes the claim in an upcoming documentary, or actually the documentary has already come out now, aka Jane Roe, that she never actually changed her mind in 1995 and was actually against abortion. She says she was paid off. According to the doc, which premiered on Fox FX, McCorvey's decision to come out as pro-life in 1995 was a financial one because she claimed she only did it after receiving money from an anti-abortion group, including Operation Rescue. Quote, I was the big fish. I think it was a mutual thing. I took their money and they put me out in front of cameras and tell me what to say. It was all an act. I did it well, too. I'm a good actress. In what she described as a deathbed confession, Norma revealed to filmmakers she actually was still pro-choice, saying, if a young woman wants to have an abortion, that's no skin off my ass. That's why it's called a choice. Politicians like AOC have already weighed in. She says, wow, Norma McCorvey, a.k.a. Roe of Roe vs. Wade, revealed on her deathbed that she was paid by right-wing operatives to flip her stance on reproductive rights. So like many right-wing operations, it turns out a huge part of the anti-choice movement was a scam the entire time. It gave me a lot of emotions. How do you feel, Doyen? First of all, words mean things. So the fact that they were like, she changed her mind in 1995 and was actually against abortion confused yes, me Yes, that lot. was very confusing. <laughs> when I first read that article, I was like, wait, so what? Yeah, that yeah. was very confusing. Yeah. I think they messed that one up. Because like, from the other things I'd read, it, she was pro-choice. And at the end of the day, I just feel like, I cannot make choices for other people who don't believe as I do. Mm-hmm. And so, and honestly, from an economic standpoint, once Roe v. Wade passed and abortion was legalized, we saw a drop in um, crime because unwanted pregnancies were not happening at the level that it was happening before. <laughs> and so I'm like, again, what I believe does not matter to the next person. I, if you cannot have these kids and you cannot afford these kids, why are you being forced to have these kids when nobody wants to give you the money to take care of these kids? Girl, <laughs> in for the in the back because right. everybody pro life until they actually get here. 
Right. And then once they get here, these little black babies, you don't want to give them any money. You don't want to give them food stamps. You don't want to give them any welfare money. Tell it. Preach. You don't want to fund education. Preach, Shit. You don't want to give them viable preschool, even though we read and we studied for years that preschool is a start to their success. You don't want to give them on, anything out of fiscal responsibility, but then you fund Trump, who gave these tax cuts that we don't have money for. Come on, <laughs> but pro life. I, I, I wish I had. I wish we were like I had a purse so I could throw it at you. <laughs> I tell you how my great grandmama threw her purse right. at the preacher one time because he was preaching something. <laughs> I just want to throw something at you, girl. That's how I am, but like. The choir. I'm like, let me kick you in your face. Like, <laughs> let me abuse you in the spirit. Like, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just so frustrating because they don't care about the lives of these poor children once they're alive. But while they're inside the bodies, that's what they care about, and it fucking frustrates me. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is make no mistake about it. It's about women's rights. It's about women's health care, women's reproductive rights, and women's health care. They don't give a fuck about your baby. Like. Yeah. Not at all. And it really, it really, I think one thing that really bothers me is that so many people who are on the pro-life side Mm -hmm. have been fooled into being on that side. And you don't even realize you've been fooled. Because yeah. this is about women's health care. It's right. not about... Because women... Let me tell you something. A woman who doesn't want to have a baby is not going to have that baby. But it's not mm-hmm. going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And it could possibly, you know, be... Um, what's the word for if you die? Lethal. Is that the word? More... What, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, people who don't want to have babies ain't going to have babies. And what you have is a bunch of unsafe abortions. But they don't care about that. They don't care about that. Or what about the people who should not have a baby for different medical reasons? Mm-hmm. Even though that doesn't matter. My reasons for not wanting to have this baby doesn't matter. It is my right. body. It is my choice. And if you don't like it, don't have one. It is really that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And <coughs> yeah. Even healthcare, the fact that they're like, ooh, we hate Obamacare and all that, and they don't have a good response to it. Like, don't get me started on these people. They don't, they don't care. At the end of the day, they don't care. But because of, you know, Christianity and evangelism, they feel like being a Republican is their moral choice. And again, it goes back to that Bible verse. God was like, Jesus was like, people are sick and you're not taking care of them. Exactly. Exactly. But you claim you're a Christian. Exactly. <laughs> you claim so like, you're a Christian, but you do so many things out of hate when Jesus is literally love. Ooey, right. gooey, sticky, all-consuming love. And right. you do so many things out of hate. Right. And so, yeah, it's a horrible testimony. And, like, nowadays, like, evangelical it has become a political term more than what you believe. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so... Um, I'm glad that her story is out. I don't think it's gonna move the needle much for the people who legit is like almost like a cult. They 
they grew up feeling that like being a Christian meant that I need to do these things. I need to vote Republican. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of them are even capable of thinking beyond that. It sucks, but (laughs) like, so I had to really, and still have to kind of check myself because I'm not going to lie. I instinctively kind of get upset with Norma over this. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is I can't make people act in a way that I would act. I can't make people mm-hmm. have the same values that I have. And so I don't know what she was going through. I don't know what mm-hmm. kind of financial strain she was under, but Roe versus Wade I don't think this is just my personal opinion. I mean, it is my opinion, but I think that a lot of people will agree with me. It's probably one of the most influential pieces of legislation there is out there. Mm-hmm. And for you to know how important this was, but be willing to lie for some money, I just, it really bothers me, but I, I try to check myself and remind myself that, like I said, I can't make people act the way I was acting, number one, the way I would act, number one. Number two, I don't know how I would act if I was under, like, severe, maybe her mama needed an operation. Maybe her dog needed an operation. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, it it did make me feel a way toward her, And if, I, if I'm honest about it. Truth be told, I am, I have oh, student loan debt. And if uh, Trump was willing to pay it off, I would definitely put a Blacks for Trump sign up just to get this loan paid off. <laughs> I, I would not. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I can tell you right now, I would not. Now there are some things I just, that I might do, but I, I, I know that one I would not. I realize ever since I've been in student loan debt that I have a price. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I definitely have a price for some things. For some things. But yeah, like it was, I don't know. I just, and I'm, I'm, it makes you mad too. I think what makes me so mad, Toyin, is that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Evangelicals are still, it doesn't matter. Even those people who like looked at this as a sign and Mm -hmm. now to hear her say that she lied, they don't care. It isn't going to matter. It isn't going to matter to them that they're groups. Right, right. Right. Like, mm, mm. and the thing, so frustrating because the the same ones that are pro life won't adopt these kids. <laughs> they won't okay. adopt these kids, but they're pro life. But they don't want to do anything to help these kids. Anyways, I'm done with that whole <laughs> soapbox. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. So. Mm. <laughs> mm. So we're going to move along to our poor life decision. Okay, so I'm trying to get situated here. I've got like 50 things in my way. So guys, I'm in the same closet, but I'm facing a different direction. And I don't have all my stuff like, anyway. (laughs) Anywho. So this week's poor life decision is centered around quarantine dreams. Okay, guys, so, like, lately, I've been having, like, really um, weird and involved dreams. And the first time Mm -hmm. it happened, I distinctly said, hmm, 
this is like a uh, um shit. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> I was about to say melanin, but I meant to say melatonin. Yeah. Listen. <sighs> Alcohol. The first time it happened, I was like I dreamed really like last night was a real stressful dream and I didn't even have any melatonin melatonin. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if y'all know this, but melatonin dreams are a thing and they affect me a lot. And so time went on and I discovered more people started talking about the dreams that they were having during this time. And then due to me entering, you know, a search on the Googles come to find mm-hmm. out quarantine dreams or some people were calling them Corona dreams are a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, have you been experiencing like different dreams lately? Yeah, I think I've had I've had dreams about things that I deeply want to think about. So this past night, I had a dream that I was pregnant, and I think it's just like current things of what I've been thinking about on a regular basis. Usually, I don't put a lot of stock in my dreams. But as of late, I see the, like, things that I truly want are manifesting themselves in my dreams. Well, I'm, okay, so I am specifically speaking of dreams that are considered weird, stressful, even on the border of being nightmares. Have you had an increase in those? Oh, yeah. I very much hate being chased in my dreams. And so, mm. but also for me as a diabetic, when my blood sugars are higher, that's what I have those bad dreams. So I have a link to it. So it's not just this, <laughs> this article. This article will address that as well. Right. <laughs> so dreaming integrates uh, current concerns with a predictive model of the future, explains Dr. J. Allen Hobson, a dream mm-hmm. researcher at Harvard Medical School. In mm-hmm. other words, our dreams are funhouse mirrors reflecting our twin freakouts. Fear about what we're living through and about what the future might hold. Dream mm-hmm. analysis appears famously in the Bible when Joseph describes his prophetic dreams to his jealous brothers. The ancient Egyptians and Greeks communicated with the gods in their dreams. Aristotle, who was ahead of his time, theorized that dreams weren't divine messages, just strange thought-like things Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. i don't know why that was so deep to me (laughs) and that's what like i said that's kind of closer to my whole notion like being pregnant in a dream i don't think i planned it but at the same time i was like okay whatever because it is closer (laughs) to my thought pattern and i was like okay well here's a cute it was weird because it was like halloween day and i did a boomerang and i was like (laughs) I don't know. I had some weird cheesy <laughs> caption. That is a good point. And I think I made a note to bring it up later, but I'll just mention it here. So like anytime I dream that I'm pregnant, it's always someone near me who actually is pregnant and it never fails. Like mm-hmm. it has never failed me. Not once. Every time I dream that I'm pregnant, I'm like, all right, y'all who pregnant. And it's always someone close to me who's pregnant. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I don't take stock in my dreams. Like, in that manner i just think yeah it's something in the you know recess of my brain that's manifesting it but yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the only time i ever have been like 
mm, this means something. <laughs> and it probably does at the end, but anyway, I probably picked up on something in my subconscious. Anyway, <laughs> Jama now, oh, sorry. In the interpretation of dreams, Freud references Aristotle's work and builds on it, concluding that dreams are wish fulfillments. We get to visit the dead and fly and enjoy the love of those who don't love us. Now, the wish fulfillment theory has largely been dismissed as reductive, but fascination with dreaming only grows, mostly because it remains a mystery. No one really knows what dreaming is or whether or not we should assign more meaning to it than we do to waking thoughts. However, many therapeutic models use dreams as a jumping off point for exploring whatever weighs heavy on our minds. So my dreams are definitely a reflection of what's going on in my life. Even if, even if what's happening in the dream isn't necessarily what's going on, but I have found that when I have more stress inducing dreams or when I have more um dreams that I consider to be nightmares or things like that it's typically because I'm stressed in my real life so have you noticed anything like that Doyen like your dreams being a reflection maybe of real life like I said um there's a few things so Usually, my dreams right before I wake up is about something I'm stressed about at work. So, I have a lot of work dreams. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, like, earlier in the night, like I said, if I have a higher blood sugar, I will have the dreams that kind of stress me out where I'm being chased. I don't like... I'm not a big fan of action movies, and so dreams that are action movies for me are just, like, really stressful. <laughs> but those are, like, nightmares for me. Like, And I was even telling my nephew where we were walking around my neighborhood, I was like, yeah, I have a dream a lot of times. It's, like, the next street over about, like, running around that area or mm-hmm. um, my old church not being able to find my way around the parking lot. It's really weird. It's very specific to Starkville. <laughs> in quarantine we can do a semblance of dream analysis for ourselves we're lucky to live in a time where we're lucky to live in a time where teletherapy is available but we're also living in a time when our dreams are truly weird often overwhelming and even continual update to your online therapist can't really catch them all the next time your dreams unsettle you Try some tricks from the experts to find some peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how to pay attention to dream symbols. Psychotherapist Maureen L. Lumley suggests paying attention to the symbolic language of your dreams. Dreams are mainly about oneself, she says. They speak in the language of symbols. It's like a foreign language. For example, a house seen symbolically might suggest your psychic house the basement could be your unconscious the kitchen could represent creativity or transformation an attic may be about what's going on in your head she says that when trying to interpret a symbol be as honest with yourself as possible that is if you jump to the most optimistic interpretation that kitchen must mean i'm gonna marry a celebrity shelf <laughs> That might be your ego at work. (laughs) That might be your ego at work. 
But when you hit right on the symbol, you might have a little aha moment. So now, Doyen, have you noticed specific, have you, not just now, but ever, like specific yeah. symbols in your dreams? Yeah, I have a dream of losing my teeth a lot. And I have mm. uh, researched it, and it's just like fear of embarrassment. Oh. And the way I was raised, it makes sense because I am all about saving face, <laughs> which is why therapy is like kind of daunting to me because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's, I feel about saving face because I don't want to be raw with people. I don't want people to know that I have flaws. So. <laughs> and the, but you and, don't have to save face with your therapist. I, I know. We'll work on that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the notion of not having teeth is so embarrassing to me. And, yeah, yeah I Googled that. So, I know. Yeah. Um, the only symbol I can really think of, like you had mentioned before about work, when I dream about work, it rarely has to do with work. It typically mm-hmm. means that something is stressing me out in my life. It really doesn't matter where that stress is coming from. It can be work. It can be real life. It can be romance. It can be family. It always manifests in me dreaming about work. So I, that's when I know, okay, some things are out of balance here. Okay, so next, try to embrace your creative side. Lately, the common theme in my client's dreams is I'm not in control, says Teresa Weston, a creative arts therapist in Buffalo, New York. In the early quarantine days, concerned about stimulating a proper environment for her clients, Weston sent them art supplies in the mail. First of all, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but basic supplies are often available around the house. For example, Weston encourages dream journals and drawings, both of which require only paper and pens. If you have a particularly disturbing dream, she recommends identifying the most upsetting scene and drawing it. Mm-hmm. Taking control of your dream during your waking life will ideally diminish the unpleasant physical sensations. Art therapy is about getting feelings that are taking up too much space in our bodies, a temporary container outside of our bodies so doing have you created into any like creative outlets to just just during this time period not even focusing on dreams but just being more creative during this time yeah this is my creative glow up so i've done three out of four of my websites i've redesigned yes because i'm at home i've yes. been working on a lot of logos for people you know websites for people so I have been tapping into my creative side. I'm working on a blanket or two blankets. Um, I keep coming up with ideas for cross-stitching or embroidering, and then I don't actually do it. But one day we're going (laughs) to actually do it. It's going to be great. Um, I wonder what Chewing Ewing is up to now. Why? Where did... Why? What? You said... Where did that even... I thought about Chewing Ewing. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that I bet you she's probably a passive wife now. But anyways, let's go. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next, try dream journaling. Therapist Louis Panache explains that 
The past is only relevant because of the lessons it teaches us. If in the past we made a bad decision or had a traumatic experience, those images will likely keep appearing in our dreams. All that means is that we don't yet have peace or closure. In sessions, Panache asks his clients to narrate their dreams in first person. The I is important because the dreamer is the author and the director of the dream. Panache recommends writing down the dream without thinking the moment you wake up, then leave it and go about your day. Later, write it again in the first person this time. Do any feelings or symbols jump out to you? Do they feel relevant to you? Can you make sense of them? Journaling about the dream might help you resolve some difficult feelings or at least gain self-awareness. The objective of dream analysis is to become aware of how the dream is relevant here and now, Panache clarifies. The goal is integrating the personality. We want to make you aware of what you're experiencing. Now, I've definitely journaled about some weird dreams I've had before. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem with keeping a dream journal per se. A lot of times I don't remember my dreams. And like when I wake up, my dreams tend to be very vivid. So I feel them. Like I wake up, I'm mad. My heart's racing. I'm sweating or I'm crying or, you know, whatever. But I actually don't remember what happened. I just remember the feeling. And then it's like, no lie. When I wake up, like I know what happened. And by the time I walk to the bathroom, because that's the first thing I do in the morning is go tinkle. By the time I get to the bathroom, like, I don't really, like, it, like I can feel the memories draining from my brain of the actual dream. So I don't always remember what happened. I just remember the feeling, you know? Yeah, I, um, I think it's important, like, I'm not going to whip out a journal. I think it's important to even, like, just leave yourself an apple note. I, like... Like I said, I had a dream that I was pregnant, and I was very okay with being pregnant. And so I texted my boyfriend when I was awake, and I texted him, I was like, yeah, I was pregnant. And then I went back to sleep, and I woke back up, and he was like, was it mine? And I'm like, I don't remember, so I'm going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, you know, leaving yourself, like, the breadcrumbs when it happens um, is very helpful. Um, yeah. Furthermore, when it goes back to this dream thing, um, dream and grief is a very intermixed thing. So when I first mm-hmm. lost my dad, I would have a dream and we wouldn't get along or he would disappear before I could talk to him. Or when I realized he was there and I could talk to him. Now I dream about him. And in the dream, I'm like, oh, my dad came to visit me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I recognize in my dreams. So, our dreams are so much, my dreams of him are so much better. I might still be beefing with everybody else in the dream. But mm. at the same time, I'm not beefing with him. And so, yeah. that's the thing that I notice. But because I notice it and it's because my dad is in it, I can remember it a lot better than, like, yeah, if I have four or five dreams in a night. So, uh, I know it's not great to look at your screen, but I'm like, maybe you could just leave yourself a little note and then go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, like, I, when I'm having dreams like that, especially, I don't think I've ever called it a grief dream, but 
mm-hmm. having a dream like that with someone that I love who's no longer with me. I I go back and forth between two extremes. I've had instances mm-hmm. where I've literally tried to stay asleep because I want to stay asleep here with you mm-hmm. forever. And then I've had other instances where I'm literally in the dream telling myself this is a dream and trying to wake mm-hmm. myself up because I don't want to fall into it. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anywho. <laughs> so dreams during the coronavirus pandemic. All of our weird dreams may or may not relate directly to the global pandemic. Psychiatrist, Brown University professor, and author of Listening to Prozac, <laughs> that is a funny book title, and Ordinarily Well, Peter D. Kramer says, of course everything is heightened. People who are already concerned with germs and cleanliness are thinking even more about germs and cleanliness. People who have suffered losses are facing the threat of more loss. This thing is pretty comprehensive and hard to escape. But he reminds us that correlation doesn't imply causation. That is, there are many factors besides virus anxiety that could be impacting our dreams. Kramer suggests taking stock of recent changes in your lifestyle. Here he go getting in our business. For example... (laughs) Are you drinking more alcohol since quarantine began? (laughs) Are you drinking alcohol at a different time of day than you normally would? Have you increased your meds? Are you quarantined in a house with kids you don't usually live with? (laughs) The author is really not feeling these kids. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, y'all just read through the article. She really ain't feeling these kids. If you can adjust factors that might contribute to nightmares or other sleep disturbances, start there. There might be nothing more than one glass of wine too many standing between you and a peaceful night's sleep. So I think that ties in great to what Doyen mentioned earlier is that she knows that you have these other things. And that's how I looked at it too. I know I have other things that disturb my sleep and that give me Mm -hmm. bad dreams. Um, For me, though, the pandemic has just heightened it. Like, Mm -hmm. I was already anxious. Now I'm anxious about so much more because there's so much we don't know about this disease. I don't know what things are going to be like. Like, it's just made everything 10 times more. So, yeah. As always, we will have this article tagged in the show notes. Please check it out. And I don't know about you guys, but it really helped me to just realize that I wasn't the only one having having these types of dreams out of place. Like, it's nothing for me to dream vividly. I do that all the time. But as far as having, like, weird dreams or borderline, like, you know, I don't know. That's usually just when I've had melatonin or something else. So mm-hmm. this really caught me off guard. And... Doyen, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll just move on. Okay. Let's go. My dog is barking in the living room, so I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> she might be missing you. Um, she could come in here, but she's just in there barking. Anyways. So, let's move along to our favorite part of the pot, the buy you a drink. 
I don't know. You want to go first? I can go first. Okay. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> I am going to buy a drink for yoga pants because they're important. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the church going to buy you a Cadillac tonight, Lord. You're really good. I love it. How about you? <laughs> I am going to buy a apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> For my niece, tomorrow is her birthday. I can't Yay. believe she's going to be eight years old. She loves apple juice, so that's why I'm going to buy her apple juice. Um, so, yeah. And uh, we just have to, you know, take these little moments to try to feel a little happiness in this uncertain time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Doyen, I'm excited. So, Doyen, <laughs> Why don't we tell everyone how to get in contact with us? Okay. So we are on Twitter as PLD Pod. Uh, Chris keeps it lit with the Finding Eve, Killing Eve tweets. <laughs> finding Eve? We know what she I talk about Insecure and The Oval on Wednesday nights when I remember. Uh, <laughs> We are also on Instagram as Poor Life Decision, One Decision, because we change it one at a time. We're also on Etsy with that. Go ahead and buy you a Poor Life Decision sticker. I'm telling y'all, it's cheaper than a latte, and it'll make you so much happier. And it won't make your stomach hurt if you're lactose intolerant like me. Um, <laughs> we're, you can also email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how you can get in contact with us. You can send us um, a smoke signal. We can't really read it. Don't send us a I pigeon. Can't read it. Maybe an owl. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm not going to know what to do if the pigeon batteries die while it's at my window. So let's not. Um, <laughs> can't tell you guys enough. Check out that Etsy shop cute cute things to buy and you know buying things during this time just makes me happy so make yourself happy buy yourself a happy to put your wine or coffee in it's gonna be good (laughs) Mm, you never know what's in the mug (laughs) yeah um so just want to remind you guys to drink water um i am enjoying this midsummer solstice but Drink water. Uh, mm-hmm. Do your skincare routine. I know I sweat. I know that yesterday when I was grilling, I sweated off my sunscreen within probably the first 15 minutes of me being outside. But mm-hmm. guys, still do your skincare routine. Put on that sunscreen. Take care of yourself. Um, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for joining us again. Once again, we're just trying to help brighten up your day and help you fix a poor decision. Um, By the way, Target now has black girl sunscreen, so let's go ahead and support. Yes! How did you know I added that to my basket? I hadn't, well, I hadn't <laughs> placed my order yet, but I added it to my right. basket. It's a, I a haven't, thing. Yeah. I haven't tried that particular brand of sunscreen yet, but when I do, I will give y'all my reviews. So it's yeah. in my basket. I'll probably be ordering in the next couple days. It's probably better <laughs> than the Neutrogena that I've been using. Also, lately, I've been taking a lot of bubble baths. And, <laughs> and I also, I also have, like, all kind of bath bombs in my, mostly Dr. Teal's, because I love Dr. Teal's stuff. But, yeah, so 
get your shopping carts going and go ahead and open you a shopping cart on Etsy and add you mm-hmm. some poor life decision merch. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we love y'all. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. We love y'all. Niña dicen en la salsa. Salsa, salsa. Niña dicen en la salsa. Tumbando la casa. Como Keith Frost. This is for la raza. Como YG. Fuck Donald Trump. SMTI sonando en islos. Creamos túneles en tu pinche wall. Trabajando duro para gastar en el mall. Me buscan en retenes. Por tirar papeles. Verde.